word for today is ecstasy. The question for today is, how will I walk? And the invitation for today issued by God who created and is redeeming all things is be interested. Be fully present and deeply interested. This brings us to joy. We're walking together in this Lenten season towards the crucifixion and the resurrection. In Dallas Willard's little book, Renovation of the Heart, I want to talk to you about joy. But this is going to be about Lenten joy. Uh, where I am today behind me is the ocean. I don't know if you can tell or not, but there's a great big cruise ship sitting in the ocean. And it was an image that I wanted to have on this shot because a lot of times when people think about joy, they think about cruise ship joy. I have to be someplace where I am not. I have to have no responsibilities. Uh, I've got to be immersed in pleasure. So the cruise ship is a picture of that. Now, cruise ship's not a it's not a bad thing. It's not sinful to go on a cruise ship. It's not like stealing money or selling drugs or watching The Bachelor. But that's not the kind of joy that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Lenten joy. Here's what Dallas writes. He's been speaking about love, self-sacrificing love of God. And he says, joy is natural in the presence of such love. Joy is a pervasive sense, not just a thought, but the experience of the sense of well-being of overall and ultimate well-being. Because being is good when we experience being in its fullness. Because it's good, science can't tell us this, God can. Because it's good, the experience of it brings joy. Its primary feeling component is delight in an encompassing good well secured. It's not the same as pleasure, though it is pleasant. It is deeper than and broader than any pleasure. Pleasure and pain are always specific to some particular object or condition, such as eating something you really like, peanut butter and coffee in the morning. That's pleasure. That's good. It's not the same thing as joy. Or recalling some really foolish thing that you did. That's pain. There's a book by Daniel Pinkott now about regret. We might get into that at some point. Regret is a very powerful, very painful emotion, really important. Some people uh, have a mantra, no regrets. And that's a really stupid idea. Regret has a, a wonderful power to make our lives better. If you never have a regret, you will regret not regretting. But that's not joy. But for joy, all is well, even in the midst of specific suffering and loss. Self-sacrificial love is therefore always joyous, no matter the pain and loss it may involve. For the joy that was set before him, Christ endured the cross, for we are always looking at the larger scene in which love rules, where all things, no matter what, work together for good to those who love God and are drawn into His purposeful actions on earth. Joy is a basic element of inner transformation into Christ-likeness and of the outer life that flows from it. Now, Let's pause for a moment on that little word flow. I, I mentioned that the word for today is ecstasy. That's actually a Bible word. It's from 
ancient Greek ekstasis. Stasis was the foundation or the standing of something. Um, homeostasis. Uh, and then ek is a little preposition that meant out. So ecstasy is to be taken out of yourself. The psychologist uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, who just recently passed away, did uh, decades of research on this notion of flow. That's the word that Dallas uses to describe the experience of joy. Flow is what we experience when we are doing something deeply meaningful to us and the level of challenge is uh, commensurate with the giftedness or the talent that we bring to it and we get so caught up in this task in this experience of exercising dominion that it's like time is altered and we're, we're deeply aware of what we're doing, but we're not self-conscious at all, and we feel alive to our very toes. And Csikszentmihalyi says this is an experience. He actually talks about this word ecstasy of being drawn out of ourself. This is a very deep element of life, just like a seed will find life when it sends out a root and it becomes nurtured by being able to bring in that which is outside of it. So it is with us in our spiritual being. We're like a seed that has to die. And when we get caught up in this thought, in this task, we experience a kind of ecstasy. We are outside of ourselves. That is the way that spiritual life works. Neil Planig, a wonderful theologian, said to me one time that uh, the great news of the darkness of addiction is it tells us that we were wired for ecstasy and one day we will experience it. And when we enter into the task of each day together with God, we are invited into ecstasy. book that I'm reading through for the fourth time now is by a uh, French writer. I am told his name is pronounced Certulions or something like that. I think I've mentioned this before. But he talks about how each intellectual work, actually all work, begins with a moment of ecstasy. He says, what is this ecstasy but a flight upward, out of the self, a forgetting of our poor life, so that the object of desire may live in our heart and our thought. We're invited into ecstasy, and we're to begin our day this way. I love these words. If you're listening to this in the morning, this is a great time. If not, you can think about it tomorrow morning. He says, the morning is sacred. In the morning, the soul refreshed looks out on life as from a turning point from which we see it in one view. Our destiny lies outspread before us. Will not this person, emerging renewed from the night and as it were, reborn from the hours of unconsciousness? I've got another day. I'm alive again. I didn't earn that. Cast a rapid glance over his life as a whole. Mark the point he has reached. Map out the coming day. And so start with a springing step and clear mind on the new stage of his journey. How will you walk? I love this image that we go into the day with a spring in our step. Psalm 19 says that the creation is this way. The sun rejoices to run its course like a strong man, like a champion who rejoices to run the race. Watch how people walk today. So often people walk defeated. I loved in, I think it was Doris Kearns Goodman, uh, biography of Teddy Roosevelt. She quotes somebody say that when Roosevelt um, danced, there wasn't a lot of grace to it, but he hopped. That's how he danced, he hopped. My dad, when he was in really good mood, 
um, would sometimes try to express that in his walk. My dad was not a dancer. He did, it was kind of Scandinavian funk, just this loose-limbed little way of, and it made me happy when I saw my dad do that. How will you walk today? Walk with a springing step. Live in ecstasy, drawn outside of ourselves by that which is around us. Uh, he goes on, waking must be a sursum corda. That's a Latin phrase that means lift up your hearts. This is from an ancient expression of prayer. People would engage in it. It goes back maybe as far as the third century where the leader would say to the community, lift up your hearts. And people would say, we will do so. And then the leader would say, let us give thanks to God. And people would say, it is right and just to do that. And then here's the thanks. Now give these thanks to God. We give thanks to you, God, through your beloved son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent to us in former times as Savior, Redeemer, and Messenger of your will, who is your inseparable Word, through whom you made all, and in whom you were well pleased. It is He who, fulfilling your will and acquiring for you a holy people, extended His hands in suffering in order to liberate from suffering those who trust in you, who when he was delivered to voluntary suffering in order to dissolve death, to break the chains of the devil and tread down hell and to bring the just to light and to set the limit to darkness and manifest the resurrection, said, this is my body broken, this is my blood shed for you. To you be glory and honor. To the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Catholic Church forever and ever. That's the way to start a day with a spring in your step and then to be deeply interested in all of life, each moment of it. G.K. Chesterton had said, there are no uninteresting subjects, only uninterested people. So today, don't be one of them. Let's not be uninterested. Let's, be inter- let's not be uninterested. Let's be interested in each moment in, in the creation around us. A good friend of mine, Nancy, wrote to me and said, the other day I was listening to you, John, and it felt like you were team teaching with that delightful bird. When you hear a bird, when you see the sun or the ocean or the tree, be interested, be alive, come out of yourself, out of your mind, what you eat, what you read, especially the people that you talk to, especially be interested in God. That is Lenten joy. That is joy that is deeply compatible with pain and suffering in the world. They go together. Jesus said to his followers, on the night when he was headed for the garden and crucifixion, I have spoken these things to you so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. Live in ecstasy. Walk with a spring in your step today. Be interested. That is Lenten joy. See you next time.